to tell and shout this story. And it's important and it matters that this story gets told because this is a big story. This is a story of the world in this Christ child. And the shepherds get this special job of, of dispersing it. But Mary finds herself in a very different place. Mary, who has released the Christ child into the world, now finds herself drawing in. And it's tucked in, this verse, but Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and pondering them. It gets tucked in right in the midst of all these shepherds making noise and telling the story, and and then we find Mary. What is she doing? Why is Luke taking the time to tell us, but Mary's over here pondering and treasuring things up? These words, treasure and ponder, I love to study what the words mean in like their original form. And so this word treasure, it means not like a hoarding or a clasping, but this idea of guarding and preserving, keeping it safe, committing it to memory, keeping it in mind, keeping it close. It's what she's doing with all of these things that have just happened. It says she's keeping them in her heart. Not her head in the space of pure logic, but in her heart. That's where our memory resides, in our heart, where we hold things. It also has this feeling of the center, in the middle, where we hold these things that are important to us. And then it says she's pondering these things. And this word ponder, it carries this connotation of, of meditating throwing things together to discuss them, combining things, meeting them, engaging with them, encountering them, dwelling upon them. And the text tells us that Mary is doing these things, that she keeps doing these things. It's this ongoing process that she keeps treasuring it and remembering it and then she's thinking about it and and discussing it and, and pondering it. And it's kind of strange to me, actually, because as a new mom, I don't have a lot of time to sit and meditate. So like Mary, who's not, you know, down the street from a spa where she can just go relax and take a time out, like, let me just ponder and meditate on these beautiful things that have happened to me. Like, who has time for that? That's a new mom. No one. But Mary somehow in her youthful inexperience, has this wisdom. I mean, she's had the Spirit and Christ within her for nine months. Somehow, she knows that there's something important she needs to do, and it's this. The shepherds are out telling the story, but her job now is to hold it in this meditative, pondering way. I think it looks like this. Corey, our resident artist, she designed the bulletin cover of this picture. It makes me think of a mom holding her tummy when she's pregnant and thinking and wondering and pondering and holding it close in her center. 
And that's what Mary's doing. But this idea of pondering, it's not the same as when you have something in mind that you just keep thinking about and ruminating and and thinking and thinking and you kind of get stuck in this negative feedback loop. It has this sense that she is holding this story up and, and that word combining or comparing it to something else. So what's she doing with this story, with all of these things that she's just experienced? She's holding it up, the story of this manger scene, holding it up to the story that was promised to her, the story that came out in her song, The Magnificat, where she exclaims in her early pregnancy that God has already overturned the abusive powers. He's exalted the lowly. He's satisfying us with good things. Like, that's the story that she's given in this Christmas moment. And then here's the reality that she's lived in the manger story. I'm not really that active on social media, but one of my best friends lives in Thailand. And so one of the ways that we keep in touch is that she'll send me funny things that she finds on social media. She sent me something. And it's kind of what I would imagine would be a very understandable response of Mary holding up her manger story. Yeah, I just had a baby in a barn So thanks to everyone who brought gifts, the gold, the perfumes, all things babies love. Also the child who inexplicably played drums like right in my face. This, this was great. Like that is the manger story. Like Mary had to give birth in a barn, in a cold place. She had to lay her baby in a feeding trough. She and Joseph were like on the move. They're not home, surrounded by the comforts of that. Like this is really not the story of this amazing, exalting king who's going to come and turn things upside down. Like this is a hard reality that she's just lived through. And here she is meditating on it, holding it up. God, is this, this thing that I just went through, is this really what your story is supposed to be? Does my story fit and match with this one that you promised? Because I wouldn't blame Mary if she started to feel like, I don't, I'm not sure. On the one hand, I mean, Yes, she has this sweet baby boy. And so it would make sense that she would want to gather and and ponder those beautiful memories of the look in his eyes and holding him. But it says that she's like charging up all these things, like all the details. Mary was just telling me that I need to make a note of milestones, you know, for Brody and, and his baby book, like his first tooth came in. That's the thing I want to hold on to. But there are other things that aren't so fun and wonderful that I might not actually want to put in the baby book. But here's Mary, like, bringing it all, holding it all up to this other story that God has given to her. And this type of pondering and thinking and meditating seems like it's a good thing for her to do. 
that it's healthy and maybe even generative and at least something that is going to help her remain in the story that God has promised her. Mary doesn't stop pondering and thinking about these things. As Jesus grows, she continues to assume this practice of meditating and thinking and pondering and bringing before God the things that happened to her, holding them up to the promise and the story that God has told her is true. If you have your Bible and you want to turn with me to Luke chapter 2, After that verse 19, that Mary's treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them, some other things happen. Jesus is circumcised and goes through the traditional rituals that he's supposed to. This man, Simeon, gives this crazy prophetic song and tells Mary, oh, by the way, also like a sword is going to pierce your heart. And then there's this prophetess, Anna, who's talking and teaching about God. And then all of a sudden, Jesus is 12, that wonderful middle school age. And in verse 40, Passover festival. It says, every year his parents traveled to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom of the festival. And after those days were over, as they were returning... The boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. This feels like a moment where we don't ask, what would Jesus do? Like, (laughs) Judah, like, this is not a thing to do, right? (laughs) Assuming he was in the traveling party, they went a day's journey. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all those who heard him were astounded at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And Mary said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. I think that's a nice way to say that, actually, considering what she'd been through. Why were you searching for me? He asked them. Didn't you know that it was necessary for me to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Jesus didn't even say sorry. I mean, he worried them for three days. I mean, Judah, if you kind of decide intentionally to hide from your parents for three days, when they find you, it might not be best to say, Uh, why were you looking for me? Because that's their job. They're your parents, right? So Mary, in this moment, I mean, she lost the Christ child for three days. And it says, Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother kept all these things in her heart. 
She's still keeping these things in her heart. I would imagine on the list of stories that you'd want to hold on to and cherish and treasure, losing your child for three days is probably not one that is easy to hold on to. In fact, you might just want to forget that happened altogether. But not Mary. She doesn't understand. But here she is again, treasuring these things in her heart. Holding this one up. God, you said this was your promise. This is the story. And then this is my lived experience. I was anxious. I was worried. God, what are you doing? Am I supposed to be his mom? Is this the way it's supposed to feel? Pondering, meditating, holding that story. There's a lot of different reactions that Mary might have had at that moment. But instead, she chooses just to sit. Because she doesn't understand, she's going to hold it with God. Maybe wrestle with him, maybe ask questions. But she's going to keep it. She might even need that story later. To remember. Like, when she finds herself with Jesus at the cross, I wonder if these stories were some sort of comfort to her. That she'd lived these experiences that were hard and that were challenging, and yet she still had the story that God gave her, and God kept her in his story Sometimes when we experience hard things, the tendency is to try to immediately figure out why or what we did or how to fix it. And Mary gives us this beautiful image of this moment when we're confused or don't understand or overwhelmed, whether they're beautiful and precious moments or challenging and difficult moments, that it's okay to just hold it. until God tells us to do something else with it. It feels like she's holding this up side by side with the story that God has promised, holding until she can find that there's room inside that story for this one, that she is here sitting settled in the story of God's big story for the world, even in these moments that feel hard and like they don't belong. God's story is big enough to hold these moments that are hard and difficult. I wonder when the last time was that you held your story. You really sat with the things that feel hard. The things that feel like they don't actually match this promise that God has given. When you hear about God and what kind of life of abundance and joy and peace and all of that, if when you hold up your own story, it doesn't feel compatible. 
that that story has no place inside of this bigger story that God is telling. Mary reminds us that it does. That in fact, sometimes all we're meant to do is to just hold the story to God, to ask him to show us how it all fits inside of that big story that he's been telling since the beginning. Over Christmas, uh, a close relative of mine uh, who was at our Christmas Eve service said, I know I heard in that reflection tonight that God's peace and joy, that we can have them, but I just, I don't feel peace. I wonder if you feel like that too. There's something in your story that just doesn't feel like it matches. What do we do with that? A lot of times we can be quick to try to offer um, a solution or an answer Like everything is just, it happens for a reason. It's going to be okay with good intentions. But sometimes maybe we just need to hold the story and to wait to see what God is doing and how it's going to unfold. And it's different than uh, being caught in, in a negative feedback loop where we're stuck. If we only have these hard stories and not the story of God's story to hold it up against, then it makes it hard to see how we're part of that, part of God's story. One of my favorite books is Fahrenheit 451. It's a book about the importance of stories. Have any of you read it? In the book, it's um, in a future society where they've just banned all books. They've burned all the books. Um, They want to keep people just happy and busy and not thinking too much and not dwelling too much about things that are hard and negative. So we'll just keep everybody kind of moving and, and, and without thinking. And so this group of people, they start to kind of wake up to the power of story and of slowing down and of thinking and they try to literally hold the stories they find. And some of them, their job is actually to memorize and to, to hold inside of them these stories that have been long lost. There's this beautiful quote from the book. I want to read that to you. There was a silence gathered all about that fire. And silence was in the men's faces. And time was there, time enough to sit by this rusting track under the trees and look at the world and turn it over with the eyes as if it were held to the center of the bonfire, a piece of steel these men were all shaping. It was not only the fire that was different, it was the silence. Montag moved toward this special silence that was concerned with all of the world. These men find themselves finally having time to sit and to turn the stories of the world and of their experience over in the light of this fire. It feels like what Mary's doing, 
holding her story, looking at it from every angle, trying to see what God is up to. But it takes time. It takes slowing down. Mindfulness and the practice of mindfulness has become so popular recently, and it feels like Mary knew that all along mindfulness was good for her. Like to slow down, to think about something, to be present, to just sit with it, to breathe, to ponder that that could be good and helpful more than anything else. That's what we're called to do with our own stories. We tell each other the God story every Sunday because we need it. We need it to see how our story fits inside of it. And so the shepherds were right to share it. And we need to tell each other the story of, of God's world because we need to be reminded. We need to have it within us so we can hold it and carry it. But sometimes we also need to sit with one another and help each other hold our stories. When they can't see how it quite fits into God's story, we can just sit with them. Like Mary. So wise. I wonder when the last time was that you helped someone else hold their story. You told them that their story mattered. That their story is precious to God in all of its confusing and challenging moments, in its beautiful and tender moments, but a story worth pondering, worth meditating, worth holding. It's what we're called to do with one another. And if you can't hold your story, I'll help you hold it, and you can help me hold mine. And together we'll hold it up against this big story that God has been telling, knowing that it's big enough to hold whatever we have. The children sang this song at the carol service, and we're going to sing it in a moment. This refrain. Do you see and do you hear and do you know what I do? We say that about God's story. Do you see, do you know this story, this child born in a manger? It's amazing. And we do this with our stories with God. God, do you see? Do you hear what I hear? Do you know what I know? Do you experience, do you understand what I'm going through, God? And yes, God can sit with us and help us hold our stories and show us how we belong in his. And so in these days after Christmas, wherever you are in your story, I hope you'll hold it and treasure it and keep it and guard it and ponder it, and meditate upon it, and that you'll help your neighbor do the same until we start to belong together in this one big story 
It's big enough to hold all of ours together. It's beautiful because it holds all of our stories. Will you pray with me? God, we confess that your story, it's so big and so outside of everything we know, beyond our imagination. Sometimes it feels like it might not be true. For Mary God, it probably felt hard to believe that it was true for her too. Would you help us to sit, to hold our stories tenderly? Would you help us to bring them to you so that you can show us how you're crafting and writing our stories to fit within yours. Would you help us to share and to hold our stories wisely with one another, to listen well to the stories of our neighbors and to hold them too, knowing that in all things you hold us together. Thank you for the example of Mary that we might slow down and pause and appreciate the love and the gift of story that you have placed in each of us. We thank you, God, for the gift of Christmas, for the gift of story, for the gift of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I invite you to stand with us as we close out this service with our songs.